Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Nerd OD Podcast. This week, to give us a little uh, post-Christmas break from recording and editing, we thought we'd bring you something slightly different. Uh, just before Christmas, we recorded two festive specials, our NodPod Christmas special, which you heard here last week, and a special one-off edition of one of our other podcasts, Nerd OD&D, our Dungeons & Dragons podcast. This one-off Christmas-based story ended up being over two hours long, so we thought we'd split it into two, with the first part being here and the second over on our Nerd OD&D feed. Now, as it's a one-off complete story, you don't need to have listened to any of our other D&D episodes, and you don't even need to understand Dungeons & Dragons, because, I mean, I don't really, but it was genuinely one of the most entertaining podcasts I've ever part of so sit back grab yourself an eggnog and enjoy part one of nerd ODD a christmas chronicle then head over to the nerd ODD feed from friday to hear the concluding part or watch the video the whole thing right now on our youtube channel or facebook page thanks for listening and merry christmas and a happy new year hello everyone and welcome to a festive edition of nerd ODD, uh, and we are joined today in the hot seat, in the DM seat, it's not your daddy, it's your Dave. But our what? team today of our plucky adv- adventurers, no, not adventurers, performers and musicians by trade. Yes. They are <laughs> Dan with... With Ronald Trumpet. <laughs> you don't want any more than that just yet, do you? Well, no, we'll, we'll come back to yeah, instrument, you know, back. key move, etc. Uh, Sean, Steve, what you got? Oh, you know my normal character's name is Bonnerail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would be the Christmas equivalent of that? Oh, God. It's <laughs> <laughs> just Bono. <laughs> oh, I like it. And everyone's getting a U2 album for Christmas. Yeah. Reg, what you got for us? I am Francois Buntimus. <laughs> <laughs> Original. I was thinking, is he going to make it Frank Bundy? No, of course not. Oh, no, no, cool. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, and Dottie, Dottie, normally in the DM seat, now you're, you're driving one single character, and who gets the honor of being your vehicle? I'm playing Norris. Norris. Slow Norris. You can't pronounce his actual name. <laughs> so uh, everyone's right, settled okay. with Norris. Interesting. And together... You four plucky musician types form who? What's your who? Who are you? People must know the name. We are the bare naked bards. Surely it's the bard naked ladies. No, we are the bare oh. naked bards, and it took us one week to set that up. Nice. Oh, God. Very nice. <laughs> it's all been done before, though. To be fair. Uh, you know. See, this, um, is where, this is where I'm out of my depth because I don't know any other very naked ladies. Throw out a call and he answered. Beautiful. <laughs> and welcome to the first edition of Bare Naked Ladies Pod with the Inertia Vcast. Um, now, so the Bare Naked Bards. Um, what we find ourselves in the town of Celestine, and it's in the north of Faerun in a cold and snowy region, but wealthy, oh so wealthy. And the Bare Naked Bards have been called forth to perform at the annual winter festival of the wealthy and influential financiers and underwriters society or the waifus <laughs> they've been called here to perform some of their trademark music in front of a group of very wealthy people who are raising funny for war orphans or some such raising money yeah it's a bit of a charity fundraiser for the winter festival yeah. for society so you have people in pristine white outfits serving platters of of, of exotic foods and drinks uh, and lots and lots of real posh wealthy people in this room but the organizers are big fans of the bare naked bards because the tales of your music have traveled far and wide so you have been ushered onto the stage uh and but but what do you play? Who's taking what position? Who's doing what? Well, Francois, being the most delightful, devilishly good-looking, and inspirational birdman, is lead singer. Oh. oh, you're taking lead? Okay, that's fine. Solid okay. birdman up front. I like that. Well, Ronald Trumpet, there's only really one thing he can do. <laughs> and Although, that's not true. He's amazing at everything. He's the best. The best. No one is as good as as I am at anything. But with my name being Ronald Trumpet, I am full of lots of wind. And hence, I'm a wind man. I'm brass specifically. So I play the horn. Nice. 
Well, Bono uh, likes to do support vocals uh, and specifically likes to insist on having this one line every year, regardless of how many times they cover they cover the same song. But we'll go yeah. later. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's proficient in playing the smallest, most tiniest lute you've ever did see, um, <laughs> which is which is comical because he's a good nine, ten foot. So he's like this with a baby guitar, like. So what what race is is uh, Ronald Trumpet? Ronald Trumpet is a hold on um, I forget he's a rock gnome. Right. He's a very very little angry man. Fair play, fair play. And, and Bono? Uh, I'm a I'm a behemoth uh, bard, but it's also worth pointing out that uh, the the loot is magical. As the best loots often are. We haven't discovered all the powers yet, but we have found out that one of them is it can self-amp. So, um, so it's quite a Useful. I can see that. And last but not I mean, least, Dottie, who you bring into this band and what are they playing? Uh, I'm playing Norris, who's nine foot nine, and he plays the loot. Wait. When, <laughs> when he comes on stage, he's dragging this heavy-ass two-handed club, and he just turns it over and his strings go down ah uh, like it as a sort of irony thing do you want to put, play like sort of support guitar on your big one and I'll play lead, lead guitar on <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> you um, get all and, like the big like solos like <laughs> and, and, and Reg if I had to take a guess that he said Francois was uh, Eric Hocker right the bird man that's correct. Very nice. That, that's that's a say wonderfully diverse band. I like that. I like that. Well, you have been brought here because the Tales of Music have traveled far and wide. So I'd like everyone to start this game off right with a strong performance check, please, to see oh. if you got the crowd on your side. <laughs> well, I plus three for for for, for performance, oh, and nice. I rolled a twelve, so fifteen. 15. Yeah, plus four, so let's see what we do. 11 plus four, 15. 15. Uh, oh, 19 plus two, 21. I don't know if that's perception. Shit. Uh, <laughs> so 19 plus six, so... Oh, dang. Wow. Five <laughs> on right. performance. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's why he's front man. 17 from Daddy. So, yeah, so overall, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a solid performance so far, but Francois... He's catching the most eyes, because he's just he's, he's he's putting the music out just so sweet. So before you got here, and this long and cold road to get here to the Waifu's annual festival, where where had the bare naked bards come from? Where where had the journey begun? Bono is a Goliath bard who plays a magical lute that was his only present that was gifted to him by Santa, but since then he hasn't received any other presents. Um, he's captured an elf on his travels, uh, and he keeps him with him hostage uh, until to give. Uh, the elf is now his companion and pulls Bono on his makeshift sleigh. They have matching jumpers made out of pine needles, uh, and what Bono hasn't realised yet uh, is that he's um, he's not a Christmas elf, but in fact he's just a normal gnome. Bono calls him Jingle McCringle, but he prefers Phil. Wait, so you have got a imprisoned gnome with you? Yeah, he's in the back. You understand I'm a gnome? Yep. I don't take kindly to that. You're not do we, the situation do, at all. <laughs> do I not know? Have I not seen him? You do know. You're incredibly irked by it, but we just okay. don't know how to but stop. For the band. For the band. For I'll the band. Together. For the band. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is, it like, is it like Stockholm Syndrome? Does, does Phil... Does he is he like being with you now, or does he just think he can't get away? <laughs> I mean, it's 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 become more of a sort of um, of a two way relationship. He relies on me; I rely on him. Symbiosis, yeah. nice, creepy, weird, but nice, kind of, kind of sweet, but not. Um, Donnie, you are also playing a rather large individual. Yes. Where does he come from? I come from the mountain range nearby <laughs> let's say um, local local uh, an item was stolen from me and I am on a quest to recover it I ended up on the streets playing my loot 
I was taken in by Ebenezer Bruges, <laughs> who ran a very seedy criminal underground. Uh, I befriended him and said, I need to find my lost items, where I met the band playing in one of the nightclubs and joined them. But I'll always have a bond with Ebenezer and he's my go-to contact if ever needs be. Nice. Oh, incidentally, that's how uh, that's how I joined the band. Uh, I didn't talk about that bit. <laughs> Being in the slave trade. <laughs> I was in a bar and Dan spotted that I had this uh, elf imprisoned um, and came over to talk to it and we got talking and I was like, can I join your band? And Dan was like, all right. So, to, just to clarify, you have an imprisoned gnome, but you think he's a Christmas elf. Exactly. Uh, yes. He's, he's, okay. he's got two now. <laughs> yeah. In his head. He's so, <laughs> so in my 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 head canon goes to the idea that Francois and Ronald were like a proper like Simon and Garfunkel duo, like just just jamming out together acoustic, and then suddenly these two massive dudes just attach themselves to the band and just kind of <laughs> transform the sound somewhat. Um, the only reason why Dan's invited me in is to try and free this little elf. Um, he's a gnome. He's a gnome. Uh, I didn't think you knew that. I didn't think you'd work that out. Make sure there's a there's a sort of backstory going on there. Either that or the fact that my persuasion's six plus six, so either I've, I've gotten good with Dan or or Dan's like he's he's in it for the long game. Chatted him up real good. Nice, Ronald. How did Ronald? Well, did Ronald form the band with Francois? That's what it sounds like at this point. Um, yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, as a person, Ronald Trumpet has got very high aspirations, and one day he he's certain he's going to be ruler of the land. Everything that I do, I'm the best at. Nobody does things better than me. I am the absolute best of everything, including, as it turns out, being a bard. Um, I spend most of my time, though, writing down every single one of my thoughts and trying to share them with the world. And I do this by by writing them down on parchment and attaching them to tiny birds and sending them <laughs> out into the world. And I, I I came up with this. It was me. I invented this, and I'm going to call them chirps. Um, and that's what I do with most of my time. And that, well, that's not my day job. Um, and being in the band isn't my day job. I only joined just so I could prove to the world that anything I want to do, I can. I I just need to think it, and I can do it. I can achieve it. So you've gone from sugar to Trump is basically what you're telling. Hey, yeah, I mean, I'm going through Apprentice House. I'm going to do anything, Arnold Schwarzenegger next time. Surely it's the natural progression from sugar to Trump, right? You know? Yeah, exactly. I'm the best bard. There's no better bard than me. No. Uh, and and Reg. That's Robo Trump right there. Reg, <laughs> Francois, what brought him into the musical fold? Well, Francois was always thought by all to be a high flyer, top of the pecking order, but Francois wanted more. So he fled the muggliness of home in order to search that one thing he knew was owed to him fame, fortune, more fortune, and godlike status. So with his one one birdman band set up a multiple instrument get words out multiple instruments and the voice of an angelic pelican being choked to death, he set out on his path. After numerous years of busking on the street to small villages, he finally earned that coin to purchase the donkey ride to the main city. Upon entering that city, he realised that the best spots had been taken up by people who thought they were the best at barding. <laughs> he knew that that certain person wasn't the best at barding, so he challenged him to a bard-off, featuring inspirational mashups of popular tunes along with the observational battle raps. Alas, it was to no avail. Each bard, they had the unique skill. So what could he do? He thought there was only one thing he could do. He begged, he pleaded, and they joined. He asked them to join the band, which had no, never been seen before, and they called themselves the Bare Naked Bards. Mm. That is wonderful. However, in my head, early on in your story, got stuck the idea of an angelic pelican being called an angelican, and I yeah. now can't get that out of my head. So, uh, an angelic pelican, like angelic pickles. No, but angelican, you're you're ruining my joke. Now you're gonna have to die like Dottie wants to kill you in our other game. <laughs> oh, I was I was gonna make it playful and narrative, and now you've ruined my jokes. And now everyone's got knives. No, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> we're not taking we're not taking that turn. Not yet. So, 
you're performing you've, you've come together you have taken this long journey to come here to this it's a fairly well-paying gig I mean, these guys are throwing money around. They don't really know what money's worth. So they are paying good money for your performance tonight. Um, so they set a high bar. You know, they want you to be entertaining the crowd. It's a fair, it's a good-sized crowd here. Probably 100, 120 people kind of milling around, schmoozing, eating expensive, uh, um, I was going to say foodstuffs. That makes it sound not fancy. All the fanciest Dijon ketchups. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Dijon Everything. Ketchup. <laughs> Everything is Dijon. Pre wrap sausages, pre wrap bacon, the meats. Everything is. Fruit roll ups. Everything is Dijon or um, somehow salted, but in a way that doesn't make it taste salty. You know what I mean? Anyway, mm -hmm. so you're performing up on stage. You're rocking out. I would like you all to hit me one more performance check, please. Performance check. Okay. Brill. I rolled a four plus three, seven. Uh, it's full, which is, uh, I don't know, 12? Yeah. 18. 21. Oh, nice. So there were, there's, a, there's a few bum notes in there, but Francois and Norris kind of carry you through that song. And you see, unfortunately, Ronald, you hit a couple of couple of off ones. People kind of go, huh? But they're, they're all right. They're mellowed into it. So it's okay. The I meant flowing, to do so. that. I, everything I do, I do, I intend to. You turned exactly it into straight up like jazz flute style freestyling. It was exactly it was pretty good. Flames pretty good. coming out of my trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> so while you're performing on stage, and you say it's a good set, not a rowdy crowd, so you can kind of make it your own. Obviously, people are handing around food and drink, um, and I, I'd like you all to make a perception check for me. Oh God! God, this is where we roll by. Oh, we go plus one. <laughs> Fourteen. Uh, ten. Boom, 16. 12. Oh. All right. So from uh, in my head, you're standing further back because you're a big man, Bono. But you are, you're looking out of the crowd. And one thing strikes you as weird. You've played a lot of gigs in a lot of places with this band and elsewhere with your gnome friend, sometimes without. And what stands out to you here is the fact that all of the waiting staff, although they're wearing like white kind of smock type things that are all very pristine and very well pressed. They all appear, most of them, if not all of them, appear to be wearing quite like, their boots give them away. Everyone's shiny and polished, but a lot of the waiting uh -huh. staff have got quite scuffed and dirty boots. And it kind of stands out to you because you played a lot of high profile gigs before that it doesn't, doesn't feel to you like the way these serving staff should be dressed. Okay, I'm gonna, as I'm playing, I'm gonna go. Uh, <laughs> what, Donnie? What's your character called? Norris. I'm gonna go over to Norris and pretend like we're doing an amazing, like, uh, like you know, we're, like we're playing to each other, like they do at bands. You know, when they walk over and then they're playing. Yeah. Oh, my man! Do him, and as we're sort of playing, playing with each other, <laughs> as playing, I'm like, have you checked out? The, the weight staff's boots in this place, like whispering to him. It's not obvious that we're talking, but just get that message across to him just to let him know what's going on. I'll check, I'll look. I'll, once we've done our little bit, I'll spin towards the crowd and start edging forwards and like make eye contact with the rich people, then a few of the bus boys and servers and just check them out. Okay. And with this heads up, you too notice that, if not all, <laughs> most of the people sort of serving things there about, that, yeah, you kind of, you get to sort of knee length, and then you start seeing that the clothes are a little bit shabby, a little bit worn, and, it, you know, it could just be, you know, the wait staff come from a poorer class in this neighborhood, but it just feels a bit off to As you. doing a solo, I'm going to do exactly the same thing with the other members of the band, just to just to fill in <laughs> just imagine this nine foot tall guy just wandering on the stage going check out the boots well check you wander boots. up to me you wander up to me and i'm still not over the whole keeping a gnome as captive as a pet thing so i just turn my back on you and walk off to the other side of the stage and just ignore you right so I, I i still don't know oh, <laughs> engage with me i will engage um, well, yeah, cool. Right, okay. So I will. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Can I do a, a perception check of the wait staff then, as I'm proper rocking out? 
what in fact what I'm going to do is as I'm rocking out because this is a one of our high profile songs it's the one where it's quite heavy it's quite good click my fingers and the the crew here know to dim the lights so all the lights go out nice. and I cast dancing lights which creates up to four torch sized lights in range making them appear as glowing orbs that start hovering around the stage and I'm like oh and when I start walking they follow me so I jump off the stage, give a little squat, and I sort of like mint on through the crowd, giving it all, stroking a few faces along the way of my beautiful feathery goodness. Um, and then I go past one of the wait staff, grab the tray, and as I grab the tray, I do a little spin and check out their check out their attire, and like, I carry on singing, pass yeah. the tray back, and jump back up on the stage. What did he say? Um, I'm gonna. Again, this is coming from someone who I know some of the rules. I don't know all the rules. So I'm freestyling here. Dolly, don't get upset with me. Don't get upset with me. Um, Reg, um, I want you to roll an investigation check for me. You're kind of you're kind of searching them down as you're doing it. <laughs> Not 20. Are you serious? Yeah. Right, okay. I love Birdman. Birdman gonna, is my character for good. I'm not going to ask you for evidence of this. I'm just going to go with it because I like it. So... Uh, Francois has been around. I presume Francois has seen a lot of the continent. He's been here and there and everywhere. And what you notice from your quick glance in a magically illuminated <laughs> waiter, I guess, um, is those are almost certainly military boots. Like you've you've seen that type before on soldiers in other parts of Faerun. So you, yeah, you're you're pretty certain that those are the kind of boots a soldier would wear, and not just what someone would pick up at a local market. Dave, am I close to uh, uh, any of the servers close to the stage? Not really. You guys get drinks and food after, you know, sort of at your midpoint of your set. They don't come near you until that. How many people are close to the stage? Well, you've got your kind of you know, your big fans who are kind of a few drinks in and really getting into it. You've probably got sort of 10 or 15 of them milling in front of the stage, having a little dance. Yeah, we got a little <laughs> all right. That's right. It's, it all goes right. Who knows who's going home tonight? Uh, I want to get closer in on this, but Bono's getting really excited by the whole vibe. Uh, so Bono, without really thinking it through, stage dives. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like you to make... <laughs> An acrobatics check for me, please. <laughs> I think the crowd needs to roll for blowing. <laughs> a roll for a nist. <laughs> He's going to land on him. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite tempted to as you jump, I cast Thunderwave so you go further. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to say? Plus three, let's see. <laughs> 12 plus three, 15. <laughs> Right, so you you manage to, as you dive off the stage, you kind of aim for people you kind of think might bear your weight. Um, and luckily, a, a few of them kind of saw you heading to the stage, and although they hesitated, they're like... And, and you jump onto a few people who just about carry you. I mean, you're nine foot tall. I presume you're heavy. I mean, how are you... 300 kilograms, I reckon. Sorry, 300 kilograms, you just say? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, 660 pounds, is that what we're saying, right? Yeah, okay, cool. Um, so yeah, you, you catch a few people by surprise. Um, a, a couple of the guys in the crowd, they kind of bear your weight. You do knock someone over, though, because they try to hold you and just can't, so hit the ground. Um, you cause a bit of a, you know, there's a bit of a a commotion there for a second but as they kind of carry you for a second and then deposit you i want you to in the moment when you put them down what do you say or do to them to make them get into what you just did and not think you just attack them with your body <laughs> not just attack them with free your love baby <laughs> i shout <laughs> i shout i point at the nearest person who looks like a massive fan and in the best Irish voice I can do, shout, Tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. Are you, are you pointing at the people who fell over? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what? Roll performance. Okay. Because I enjoyed what you did, but did they? Let's find out. 
Couples full of 16. 16. Yeah, they're into it. They're into it. The person on the floor, they're they're kind of like, fair play. Okay, that was kind of cool. And the guys are like, yeah. And they kind of, are you getting back up on the stage or are you staying up in the crowd? Uh, I'm going to, while I'm down, because the whole point was trying to get closer to the, the, uh, the, 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 the servants and stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to carry on working the crowd, I think, getting, whilst with the ulterior motive of, of just checking those guys out. In my head, you formed a kind of impromptu conga line with Francois. So he's off working the crowd and you're following him through the crowd. And eventually the two guys are going to get the stage and follow you as well. What for that? A fucking kick-ass conga line. We do you like conga lines? Christmas conga line. <clears throat> Christmas conga. So... All right, so yeah, you're you're working the crowd. You can you can see where Francois is working himself, um, and you can see the kind of there's a few people on the side who are kind of like the organizers, like the kind of the the, the, the council that put together this this like uh, party, and they're kind of they're looking at you guys jumping off the stage and running about. They're like they they're they're not they weren't expecting it, so it's interesting for them to see you now just kind of walking through the crowd. Um, cool. Okay, so. Yeah, you guys are performing, and I guess it's kind of the kind of you're getting to that point in the halfway part in the set where you can start kind of wrapping it up for your your halfway through your break if you wish to. Um, are you finishing on a big number, or are you getting back on stage, or are you going to finish out in the crowd? Where are you, where are you playing this? We're saving so, the big hits till later, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think what 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 we usually do at this sort of time, we all climb back up on the stage and we do a little impromptu number. <laughs> A little improvised um, thing. A little improvisation, that's the one, wasn't it, Dan? Yep. <laughs> that's the word I was looking for. Not impromptu. Um, yeah, so so we, we have a look, look around, a little observational, uh, see, see what's going down, and then we just come up with a little jingle between us, make everyone laugh and be like, oh, yeah, that, that, that was about us. That, ah, classic comedy. Um, and if it doesn't work, I'll cast hideous laughter. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as we've got laughter, we don't care if it's hideous. Well, Reg, you said the magic word, so now that you said if it goes well or it doesn't go well, you're doing that. You all need to roll performance, me, please, because <laughs> I need to see whether Reg is going to brutalize the crowd with magic. Seventeen. Nice. Seventeen. <laughs> oh, twenty-three actually, because seventeen plus six. Sean, did you have yours? All right. Okay. Oh. 12. Okay. Again, it's that, it's, that, it's that mixed bag where some of it comes off, some of it doesn't, but then, Francois, you, you nail it in the last minute, and people are like, oh, damn, they're talking about us. This is so cool. Uh, and they're into it. Sweet. Right, what's the plan? To a close. Who's, who's going to do the old uh, good night, taking a break, back who's taking a lead on that? Uh, it'll be Reg, won't it? He's the lead singer. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, thank you, waifu! We are just going off for a little quick five-minute interval. We shall be back. In the meantime, enjoy! And then I cast Silent Image, um, and Silent Image of a huge disco ball with a um, with a cha- interchanging faces of the bar- band. Of us? Yeah, wow. all, all with... Uh, festive hats and attire on, just dancing. We've got quite the budget in this band, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> Magic makes everything cheap. So is that is that sort of is that in front of the stage while you that's, guys are there? Yeah, that's happening. That's, that's in the stage as well. Cool. We're, we're on. And so the fire curtain comes down and it's just in front of that. Mm-hmm. And the crowd goes wild. The crowd mm-hmm. love it. The crowd are eating it up, and it helps that they're also on the way with the drinks. So they are loving this. So as there are applause. Uh, you know, sort of swells up. Um, someone who works for that sort of council kind of comes along the side of the stage and kind of ushers you to this sort of side room where food and drink has been laid out for you and kind of shows you into it if you wish to go that way. Okay. I'm always up for food and drink. Yeah. Out of my way, I'm hungry. <laughs> so as you go into that room, you see uh, uh, it's quite a spread. It's quite a spread out there. Big planner on the crackers. side. Oh, so many crackers. Um nice. And you've got a big old punch bowl. You've got open bottles of wine. You've got basically your your run of this, effectively your little green room back here that you can sort of have your run of. And I'm like, we'll see you guys back in uh, in uh, 20 minutes. Yeah, okay, great. And he sort of he leaves. I'll grab the punch bowl and just start drinking. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a cop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Finally, proper drink. 
<laughs> what was that, Sean? Are we backstage? You are backstage. Okay, I'm going to go and find one of those um, servants, and I'm going to go and give them my drinks order, and I'm going to see how they react to it. Give them all my drinks order and see how they react. Are you? So you're going to the backstage door? Yeah. Okay. You try it, and the door's locked. What? Guys, the door's locked. Everyone roll perception. Uh, nine. Three. I see nothing. Four. <laughs> Two. <laughs> so, basic, so, yeah, you guys are just in the room, and Bono tries the door, and it's locked, and that's literally all you know right now. So. Let's go the way we came, then. Let's go back onto the stage. That was the door you came through. So basically, you came off the stage through a doorway. Yeah. Lock the door behind us. So we're trapped in the cage. Okay. I'm going to try and smash the door in. Why don't we try and knock it? They might just do it. Bang, bang, bang. All the people don't actually try and, like, you know, come into our room while we're enjoying our break. Instead, we're going straight through, we're being prisoners. I've already thought with my with my with my fists and not with my brain. I've already started trying to hammer the door down. Is is there a toilet in this room? There is no right. toilet in this room. Bang, bang, bang. I need the toilet. Let me out. I'm just going to be a mess in here if you don't open this door. And as you're at the door and you're banging your way through, suddenly what you hear is the sound. For anybody in this group who is familiar with any kind of combat, you hear what sounds like the unsheathing of weapons and screams from in the crowd. Is it like one of those, uh, what do they call it, the the, the Wilhelm scream? It is. Uh, there is one of those. In within, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of screams, and there's one of those in the background, as you get right at the end. Uh, I didn't get to we, do my joke. Damn it. Are we playing a gig in Nakatomi Plaza? <laughs> yeah, might be. <laughs> oh, my God. It is. It's die hard. <laughs> But whose estranged wife is outside? I don't know. Mm. (laughs) You what, sorry? We managed to get the door down. Are you actively trying to break the door down now? Yeah. Well, look, okay, listen. We've got two options here. There's clearly some violence going on out there. (laughs) We either stay here in the nice, safe, warm room, albeit without a toilet, but we've at least got food. We can hold up in here for at least a, a day or two. Or we can smash our way through, find out what's happening, in the hopes that somehow we're going to save the day. Is that what we're about? Listen, might be pissed on all tight spaces. He's already started trying to smash that door down. I feel some similarities here with Bono and Bono. I really, really want everyone to know that I'm the person that saved them all. Okay. Not the band, Francois. Francois Mm. saves everyone, so I'm up for making sure Bono and Ed Norris just smash down this door so I can charge in. Okay. All right. Uh, Sean, if you're if you're punching through a massive wooden door, I'm going to want a strength check. All right. Here we go. Boom. 18. 18. All right. Okay. It's not a thick, heavy door. It's just a, it's a sturdy one, but not a, nothing particularly special. It's just got one solid bolt in it. And you... What does it look like to everyone watching you punch a door? What does it look like when you punch this door through? I'm literally, I'm using the back of both my hands and I'm just mashing on it. Like, ah, like this. Could have gone with the one punch. One punch! <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently Bono's style is, let me out, but strong. <laughs> so. I pick up the cage that's holding Jingle McCringle, and I just throw that at the door. <laughs> <laughs> well, in your, in, your, in your battering it with your arms, you've managed to weaken the lock enough so that when you throw the cage at the door, the door goes through, and so does Jingle McCringle into the other room. Jingle McCringle, go scout ahead! <laughs> yeah, he's not a Pokemon, he's a gnome! <laughs> Pokemon gnome! So, as the door opens, the cacophony outside gets louder, and you hear the sounds of people shouting. You can't make out exactly what they're saying, but there's lots of shouting. People are being sort of muscled and sort of hustled around. Um, just a general kind of, uh, yeah, sound of, sound, of, sound of stuff and nonsense outside. So, what's happening? Let's go. Uh, we have a look around. Perception? Yeah. Right? Yeah, go for it. Okay. 
weirdly no one's noticed that you've bashed a door through so no i mean they've got bigger <laughs> things to worry about um oh, five three <laughs> i miss lord sugar with his plus seven perception or whatever he's got what was yours daddy 14 14 no okay. um mine was a uh 19 so Dottie and Reg, you can see uh, the waiters and serving staff have now drawn weapons of varying types, mostly small blades, um, the occasional club or blunt weapon in there as well. Um, no. Dan, Dan no. and Sean, as, as far as you're concerned, everyone's having a big dance. Looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> everyone's just sort of milling around. Bit, oh, bit they're all doing pit. a saber dance. Yeah, a bit of a mosh pit, a bit ahead of their time. But that's what it seems like to you. There's a lot of you know tussling about, whereas Dottie and Reg, you see that there's actual violence to be had blood it reminds me of that time back in the black cat oh you and i'm going for the first one with a weapon perfectly so mm-hmm. in amongst this room say there's about 120 ish people gathered around that most of them are being kind of funneled over to the side hang and... on sorry carry on no go ahead <laughs> I was say i've had an idea because i've got pretty high um persuasion um and also, I know that a lot of these people are now our fans, so <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna try screaming as loud as I can with my big burly voice. Um, I think of a bat. Oh, okay, I'm gonna scream that those guys. That I'm gonna be like, "Hey, those servants are, are setting us up. They're trying to kill us. Everybody, get them now!" I'm gonna All try. Right crowd rallied up in this fight. I would like you to make a persuasion roll, please. Right, here we go. Come on, don't let me down. 16 plus 6, 22. Alright. So you shout that into the crowd, and you see one guy on the edge of the crowd look to you and go, (gasps) (gasps) and and, and he sort of of gives a nod, like he's quite a young guy, very well dressed. One, One guy, 120 people. One, one guy. guy. Um, one most guy. Of them, That's better than no guys. I mean, there's a couple of guys next to him who have literally pissed their pants because they are terrified <laughs> of what's going on. This guy, though, because he's 22, this guy's he's like inspired. He's like, yeah, yeah you know what? I'm going to fight. And he, on, Dave. Sorry? Has he got one of our shirts on? Not yet. You're not got to the merch yet. Merch usually happens <laughs> at this time or after the gig. So anyway, so he gets inspired by your, by your, your moment of these guys are coming to get you. Um, which he kind of knew, but he's like, all right, I'm going to fight back. And he charges straight at the nearest guy. And he gets shanked right in the gut. I mean, it's just brutal. <laughs> it's just... It's just really sad. I mean, he went out He went out like a hero in his mind. But you saw what actually happened, and you've got to live with that now. That's on you. No, 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 I was just about you like he knew the risks on that one. He's got this. <laughs> so, all right. As that guy, as he runs into that guy, and the guy with the knife looks real surprised. He's like, "What the sh- what? Um, get the guy off my knife!" Um, you see one guy who is—he's torn his white tunic off, um, and he's just—he just looks mean. And he climbs up in the center where there was a big kind of—you um, see the mask. You know, and they got the big pig full of cash. Yeah. Like that. Right. Not a pig. It's <laughs> a chest. It's a, okay. It's, it's a big chest, and everyone's been putting some cash in it throughout the evening um, on like a central kind of dais in the middle of the room, uh, kind of halfway in from where the stage is. And this guy has stood up on top and put his boot up on the chest with the sword out. He said, Listen, we're here for the money. No heroes and no bodies. Jesus. Yeah, I see a fight. I'm going for it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to run over to them with my rapier drawn, uh, and I'm going to try and fuck a, fuck a guy up. Well, guess what? Guess what, boys and girls? For the first time this Christmas, roll for initiative. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, while we're... <laughs> oh, no, I thought I got another... Not 29, but it's the complete opposite. It's just the one next to it, which is a two, so it's five. Um, 18. While we're waiting for this to go through, is there any 
um like the lighting in here are they like torches are they candles are they like naked flames anywhere or is it just like how is it lit so there are there are torches along the side walls and there are three big chandeliers kind of one just in front of the stage one over the central big money chest and then one further back and you know that there's at least one person on the payroll here whose job it's been to magically dim and increase the lights in accordance with your requirements for your band, which were way to have control of pyrotechnics and lighting. So there's at least one minor wizard here who can make the lights go up and down minor. at his command. But they are they are torches and candles primarily. So, so as everyone was, well, as that guy was charging in and that guy was having his speech, um, as we're on, finished, I know I'm five, aren't I? I'll have to wait for my turn, it's all right. Go on, I'll wait for my turn right. to do what I want to do. So, Dan, you said 18, right? 18, yep. Darby? Nine. Nine. Sean? Oh. 11. Cool. All right, Dan. So, uh, you've not charged into this so far, I don't think. So, you are kind of in the doorway area, I presume. Mm-hmm. So, as you look into this crowd, what you see are a number of these white-jacketed individuals. Most of them still wearing them. Only the main guy's kind of taken, torn his off and... I guess well, you know. Well, it's good. It's clear who the main guy is. Yeah, like a weird bravado thing. He's like, I'm in charge. Um, but you see, there's probably probably a dozen of these white-shirted guys who have now taken arms. There are a couple of them who are amongst the prisoners who weren't in on the whole uh, job by the same thing. So you're in the doorway, looking into this crowd. You're up first. What are you doing? Okay. So if my fighting experience has taught me anything, is you cut off the head of the dragon. And the body dies. So I think if we get the main dude, the rest of them are just going to fall in line. Okay. So do we me know? being, what's that? Do we know who the main dude is? Yeah, the guy who's yeah, torn his tunic off. Right. Yeah. So I've got a rather appropriate cantrip that I've been dying to use. Um, rather appropriate for Ronald Trumpet. It's called Vicious Mockery. Okay, and apparently I unleash a string of insults laced with subtle enchantments at a creature I can see within range. If they can hear me, uh, although they don't need to understand me, but they will understand me. Um, uh, let me see. It must succeed on a wisdom, wisdom saving throw or take 1d4 psychic damage and have disadvantage on their next turn, on their next attack roll, sorry. Um, yeah, so I'm going with that. I'm just gonna gonna blast him with some insults just to get the fight started. Fair play. So, one d four, and I rolled a four. Tell us what you say, though. We need to know. Okay. Um, oh, I'm. I mean, I, I'm not that much into character, and I'm not a, a nasty person. Um, <laughs> listen, you. Well, I'm, I'm doing Lord Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> listen, you Hans Gruber wannabe. You get your hands off of our fans and get the HG double hockey sticks out of here. <laughs> How's that? Um, it's, it's effective because mm-hmm. I, I thought, yeah, yeah, I'll roll this. I rolled the two. It worked. Um, okay. His wisdom wasn't so good in this case. Uh, and he take, you see him kind of look at you in the band and he goes, just doing my just, just doing my best, man. Just and he kind of just falls in on himself like sudden crippling doubt yeah. is all over him. He's like, That's just, what I'm good at. Yep. He's, he doubts himself and he's okay. He takes five anxiety damage. <laughs> he's taking four psychic damage, which I know isn't a lot, but now he rolls disadvantage on his next yep. attack. And he was so sure of himself, he goes boot up on that chest and he's like, I'm the boss. And then you did that and he's like, Oh, I don't feel so nice. It is and nice. So <clears throat> right. Bono's wading in now, isn't he? Uh, yeah, Bono's up. Just fucking runs at him like. Well, there are, there are people in between you and him, so I'm good or bad people? Oh, uh, a bit of both. Mostly bad people. There's a okay. bit of a mix. Well, the, the percentages there are in are in favour of bad people, so just plough through them. So I'm like a steam train. I'm like just pushing people out of the way, and like just just just. You might say he's on a Bono rail. Wow. Uh, do I get to him? Well, uh, if you're going to charge through the enemies, there's going to be an opportunity attack on you because they're going to swing at you as you try and run past them because they're like ready for a fight and you go past them like, hey, 
and just take a swipe, like, hey, fight me. As I get close to them, can I try and jump over them with acrobatics? Are you implying you're going to run at them full speed and then do some kind of massive forward flip, considering you're nine foot tall and 600 pounds? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say you can try. So don't butt shame me. <laughs> I'm just, he's big boned, I know that. Muscle weighs more than fat. He's very dense. Agile. That's okay. Thing. Hey, if you want to try and jump over the nearest combat, it's combatant to get past the big guy. You roll acrobatics, but I'm going to warn you: um, if you if you don't make it, it's going to hurt. <laughs> well, let's do this. You ready? I'm ready. Fifteen. Fifteen. So you don't so much jump over someone in a majestic sense as kind of just kind of lean forward and push. So you do shove a guy out of the way. Um, he's not going to stab you because he's kind of gone. He saw you take a jump, but you kind of did like more of a hop. So it was kind of like a you ran, 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 and then sort of hopped and shoved him. And he's like, "What the?" F-? He's very surprised. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he doesn't attack you. Don't quite get to the big guy though because he does slow you down by you pushing into him. Um, yeah. So you're you are close enough, and the next time you'll be able to get to him. But for now, you've not made it. I'm afraid. Okay. So sorry. Um, so the guy who you you shoved. He's going to take a swing at you because he's like, what the hell is this guy? That's fine. I'll take it. He's only got a little a little dagger anyway. Uh, and he rolls 11 against your AC. Oh, what's my AC? 13. <laughs> so okay. he, he gets shoved off balance. He doesn't know what's going on. He just swings at you wildly like, I'm going to stab somebody. Um, and misses. So, poor guy. Uh, next up, I forget, Reg or Dottie, who got higher? It's Dottie. Dottie got higher. Yeah, I got five in total, so I'm the lowest of the low. Uh, I see Bono running in, and I can't have someone taking a bigger risk than me. <laughs> so I'm walking down, still playing my uh, loot, and I'll strum out some like Final Fantasy battle chord. <laughs> Reg has fucked us for copyright. That's it, we're done. Then I'll approach the one that was attacking Bono from behind and then I'll swing. I would like you first of all to roll intimidation because if you if a if a ten foot tall man was walking toward me blasting out power cords, I w- I would want to know. Teetered <laughs> oh, a bit. Uh, well, intimidation. Where are you? Uh, Twenty one. Yeah. So basically, the guy who you're walking towards blasting out the cords, he notices. He sees that you are a big man with a big loot. Um, make of that what you will. Uh, <laughs> And he actually drops his knife. He's going to get the loot to the head. <laughs> Fair play. I mean, you told me it was coming, so. Yeah, I warned him. Um, I'm. Sean's just been attacked, hasn't he? So I'll gain the advantage being in combat. I mean, if you want to tell me the rules, I guess uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Once a DM, always a DM. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I can have a pick 17 or 17. 17 (laughs) sounds pretty good. I mean, Uh, it's a hit either way, so you can take it. (laughs) 21. Yeah, that's a hit. Is that right? I don't know, D8. Sorry. Club. 8, 9. 9 points of damage. Okay. So you bring the club down on him hard. Um, and and what does it look like for this poor guy? Because unfortunately, he ain't getting up from this. So how'd you hit him? Uh, I'm walking up playing. He drops the knife and goes, ah! and then I just spin the club round so the cords are facing me, and I swing and go, ho, 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 now I have a punch bowl. <laughs> Brilliant. So you, yeah, so you, you hit him so hard that um, this was indeed his last Christmas. So, <laughs> so much for that guy. Nice. I can't believe we... Why are we waving at Ash? Did you just go in? <laughs> um, he got whammed. Yeah, yeah he, 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 he got whammed 
pretty hard. So yeah, that guy is stone cold gone. Um, Reg, Don't have an inspiration dice, by the way. Nice. I um I come strutting in to the uh, into the arena, have a look around. Uh, how many people are in front of the of the main guy? Between you and the main guy, there's a couple more of the white-robed uh, combatants, if you will, um, and a few of the guests who are being kind of ushered over into this crowd where there's a couple of other guys who are kind of shaking them down, emptying their pockets and all that kind of stuff. And where where the main guy is, is he near? Is he in the smack-bang center of the room or is he towards nearest one of the, sort of the walls that, that may be? Right in the middle on the central dais. Okay, um, I'm going to have a little scope around. Can I see the nearest torch to him? How far away is is he to the nearest torch? In fact, so, I have the one that's him and the bad guys between him and me. So, if you imagine, if you imagine this room is basically a big, um, it's like a big. Uh, I'm going to say a village hall doesn't really sell it. It's fancier than that, but a big rectangular room. So along each wall, you've got torches, and then you've got those big chandeliers. So he's directly underneath a big chandelier covered in candles and, and that kind of stuff. Cool. I'll um, use that. That's cool. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to look at that. I'm going to look back down, give a little smirk to myself, and then use my power of flight. You can do. Um, instead of doing something oh, yeah, useful, bird, the, yeah. Instead of doing something useful like you know using the talons to cut the, the cords on the layer, I'm just going to actually just fly and land in between the actual the the groupy bad guys and the main guy and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I am here. Let's get this started and cast pyrotechnics on the chandelier and just create fireworks. <laughs> so these fireworks do damage, or is this just for show? Uh, it's mainly for show, but the next the next time a bad guy rolls that's in ten foot of the chandelier mm. uh, things, if they if they don't succeed on a Constitution save and throw, they become blinded until the end of my, of my next turn. Oh, okay. so is that if they take an action against you, or just if they're in that area? If they're in that area. Each creature within ten feet of the air target area must succeed succeed on a Constitution save and throw, or they become blinded until the end of your next turn. I better, I better roll some Constitution real quick then for those guys. <laughs> oh, uh, Sean, just let you know my inspiration to you that D six can be used as a reaction if someone hits you. So when they say hit AC blah, you can roll that D six in combat as well. Sweet. Nice. There were two guys near you and then the main guy one of the two guys you see him sort of falls to the ground clutching his eyes um uh not having a great time basically so but yeah but you, you don't so you look pretty cool either way the, the lead guy isn't doing that right? lead guy isn't blinded but he is still muttering to himself like oh, the guy over there is mean mean to me and now i got a giant <laughs> bird man being mean to me and it's, it's almost, i was in charge a minute ago i don't know what's going on for him. So he's, yeah <laughs> He's, he's not having a great time. Um, so you've got the guy next to you, uh, the one guy, Reg, who hasn't fallen to the floor. He's going to have a go at the bird man. Um, I also was hoping you were going to refer to it as giving a bird smirk. I don't know why. I just feel like you need to put bird in front of everything. It makes bird me smirk. feel quite nice. Yeah. Bird smirk. Um, and this guy's going to take a little swipe at you with his dagger, and he's going to roll a uh, 12 against your AC. That is my AC. And Dolly, I know the rule, but just so the others out there can hear it from you, if your AC matches the attack roll, who gets priority in that? It does hit. See, I I knew that, but that's just for everyone else. So (laughs) that's a it's a little shank at you, Um, but it's 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 literally two damage. I rolled the dice; it's literally two damage. So it's a little nick on one of your wings. All right, I was going to say, can I do uh, cutting words uh, in a reaction? Can I do a reaction to a? Uh, attack of opportunity or is that not possible well this was his turn so it's, it's if you've got a reaction oh, right. to his attack then yeah yes okay so cutting words um as a reaction when a creature uh, you see within 60 foot makes an attack roll on you ability check or damage roll you can expend one use of bardic inspiration roll the die and subtract the number of the creature's roll you can do so after the roll before knowing the result 
So I think that means, I, yeah, if I roll a roll the dice for the d6, I can take that off that attack to hurt yeah. me. That's yeah. that's on that's on me. If I knew you were doing that, I wouldn't have told you the number. So yeah, go for it. Roll your d6. <laughs> <laughs> Three. So, so he swipes at you. He does hit you, but somehow your leathery, strong bird wings take no damage. <laughs> <laughs> I just look at him and bird smirk. Bird smirk. Okay, there we um, go. Worth it. Bird. I like it. Yeah, it was totally worth it. Um, right. So the only person nearest you now is the boss himself, and I remember you saying, uh, "Is it a disadvantage on his rolls, Dan?" He is. He has. So he mm-hmm. has a um, a small hand crossbow. Um. And he kind of he looks at, at you, Francois, and he he kind of looks at the hand crossbow and he raises it to point it at you. And he's kind of a bit shaky with it, but he's like, "I'm gonna shoot the bird man. I'm gonna shoot the bird man. I'm gonna shoot." And he's gonna roll shoot the bird man. So, oh man, ten conspiracy. So he goes to shoot. Sorry, that wasn't even with his advantage, so it can only get worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> Nine, lol. So yeah, he uh, he goes to shoot the bird man and just misses. And he just tung over you and just goes, oh, I was going to shoot the bird man. I was going to shoot the bird man. So, so um, we come back around the top of the order. At this point, a couple of the guys who have been shaking down the, the guests have noticed that there's actual combat happening. Um, but they're a little bit over there, so you will act before any of they do. Um, so top of the order, which I believe okay. is Ronald Trumpet. So, is the room kind of evenly split now? They they've got they've got all the all the um the 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 concert goers like ushered off to one side of the room, and then all the bad guys are on the other side, sort of. So from where you're that? standing, obviously standing staring out into the the sort of the wider part of the room, you've mm. got the majority of well, pretty much all the guests kind of in a cluster over on the left-hand side. Yeah. There's a few of the armed men kind of corralling them in on the edges. And then you've got a couple of guys in between you and the big bad who's standing at the... Well, I say okay. big bad. The, How the far away back. is he? Is he more than 15 foot away from me? You haven't run into that room, have you? You cast your spell from where you were. I was sort of in the doorway, yeah. Yeah, so he's more than 15 feet from you. Okay, can I move to within 15 foot of him and then do a move? Yeah, what's and then your, do a spell? What's your movement? Is it 30 feet? Uh, ooh, where do I see that? Sorry. Um, you've got right above your AC. Oh, walking speed, 25. 25. So yeah, you can get to just about within 15 feet of him if you go full distance. Okay, good. So facing him with people who uh, who are... Um, you know the the people who are being held captive behind me, so none of them in front of me. It's very important. Um, I'm then going to use second level spell Thunder Wave, which okay. So a wave of thunderous force sweeps out from me. Each creature in a 15 foot cube originating from me must make a Constitution saving throw. On a fail save, a creature takes two, well supposed to be 2d8 because it's second level they take 3d8 thunder damage um if they get a successful save then they take half the damage that's i love thunder wave it's an excellent spell um, it sounds amazing francois uh and norris remind me where you are in relation oh to the yeah big, uh, you're really middle. close <laughs> i'm yeah i'm gonna take my oh, first yeah. i'm gonna take my first set of damage from a team do you remember yeah no so i better not do that that's <laughs> oh, fine go on go for it I can take it. I'm behind Bono Rail. Bono Rail. Bono is ahead of me. I stood behind. <laughs> That's true. It's only it's only Francois that landed right in front of the main guy, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of damage. Two, three, three d eight. That could that could potentially be like twenty four right. damage, right? Hey, yeah, yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my yeah. Point. No. <laughs> you can't, could can't kill don't do that. You could kill everyone in the middle of the room. I haven't really got much much else though. What does um. Yeah, effectively we, we with that, weapons? you could hit you could hit the two guys yeah. and Bono and Francois and the main guy effectively if you did cast that right. Okay, okay, yeah, I forgot that there was other people for friendly fire. Um, <laughs> other than that, got my horn. The thing is though, if if you kill them, oh, I only take half damage. If I, if what if I'm successful at the constitution, constitution saving throw. 
Okay, my if you don't, you can literally wipe out half half my band. And that's where we'll leave it for this episode. To find out if uh, if I decide to wipe out half my band just to kill a couple of bad guys, why not head over to the Nerdo D&D feed from Friday to listen to the second half of the episode, or head to our Facebook page or our YouTube channel right now to actually watch the full video version of this podcast. Thanks for listening, and thanks for giving our D&D session a go. If you like what you hear, well worth subscribing to Nerdo D&D, um, which we bring out every other Friday. So once again, Happy Christmas, Happy New Year, and we will see you again soon. Mm-hmm.